Uh, good. How are we doing? We good? No one's good. All right. Awesome. I hope we're good because if someone who walked in here looking for hope and joy and the meaning to life, I hope they walk in here and think, you know what? These guys have got something that I don't have. And his name's Jesus. Well, they think, shoot, this is a bit of a down buzz. Amen. So if you weren't here this morning, the news was that, uh, yeah, the news was, is that my vegan friend cannot handle any more of my vegan jokes and has, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, uh, Mel and Sean are going to go to Balclutha and they are going to be campus pastors in Balclutha. So this is amazing. It's uh, something to be celebrated. Um, we, we shared this morning that we are a community that celebrates obedience. Even when obedience means people leave us. Uh, the Christian life is about following what God has called you to do. It is not about living in comfort. It is not about just staying put. It is about following God and doing what He's asked you to do. So we're celebrating Mel and Sean and uh, the whole family because it affects the whole family. So be praying for them, be encouraging them. Someone's laying hands on Sam right now. And uh, <laughs> that's awesome. And so great, amazing news. And uh, we're going to get them to share uh, in the coming weeks, just their journey, their heart, and how they got to this place and what God's been saying and doing. And we can just continue to celebrate. Uh, they're still here until at least July. So we're still available for hugs and barbecues, cauliflower steak, and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be great, guys. It's going to be great. I'm going I'm to smoke her a cauliflower steak in my smoker just because I feel like that would be the honorable thing to do. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Is that all good? All right, let's get into the Word this morning, tonight, whatever day we're at. And uh, Jesus, we just thank you for the honor it is to be in your house. And God, I just thank you for your spirit to be here. Um, Lord, we just take um, a moment just to acknowledge that you're in the room. Um, Lord, we're not here for a, a performance. Um, success is, is being with you tonight. That's what success looks like. It's people going after Jesus, hungry for him. It's when Jesus is uplifted, and Lord, I believe to the best of our ability, Lord, we are doing that tonight. So we honor you. We thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, I'm going to use my activated gift tonight. Um, God gave me a picture a long time ago that I'm like a defibrillator. I like to shock bodies, <laughs> get people awake, and I shock my wife every day. And <laughs> some of the things I say and do. And... <laughs> Not always good, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so if you're, taking, uh, if you're taking notes tonight, this message is called Green Light, and uh, I believe that we live in a default setting as a Christian with a green light. Amen? How's my son doing in the back row there? Are you good? Thank you, Cruz. Uh, so this message is called Green Light, and I'm going to go to John 7, uh, verse 6. This is Jesus. This is when uh, his brothers and stuff were asking him to go to the, uh, the feast. Of Passover, and he said, Jesus said to them, My time is not, not yet come, but your time is always here. My time is not yet come, but your time is always here. Amen? John 4, verse uh, 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Secret stash, right? Anyone else have a secret stash of food they carry around with them? Marianne, thank you. 
Thank you for that honesty. I have a drawer of chocolate, and uh, I discovered it while I was fasting one time. <laughs> it was not good. Uh, and food to eat that you do not know about. Just little side note, I'm not preaching about this tonight, but it's doing what God has asked us to do is what actually sustains our life. Being obedient to what God has asked us to do is actually the food that he's talking about. He said, I've come to do the will of my Father. So when Jesus is doing the will of his Father, he's saying, this is the food. This is what sustains me. This is what gives me purpose on the earth. This is what gives me uh, my, my vision, the, the actions that I'm doing, the miracles I'm performing. All of this is I'm doing the will of my Father. That is the food. That is the food that I'm eating. That's the great thing about when we're fasting. What we're really saying is, God, actually, you, you are the sustainer of my life. Not natural food, actually doing your will, being about your business, hearing your heart, hearing your voice. That is the food that we eat. Jesus also said that I'm the bread of life. He who partakes of me will never hunger again. That's a great diet. Amen. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. And see that the, gather, that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. I love that eternal fruit. Gathering fruit is gathering people. I believe that the fruit that remains is people. What we invest in people when we share the gospel with people, that's the fruit that goes on into eternity. No possessions go on to eternity, but people go on into eternity. So you can never be in a, in a bad place sowing your life into people. The life of Christ through you. Amen. Uh, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For he, he, here the saying holds true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Amen. Just trying to show a picture through the lens of Jesus. That Jesus is saying, don't say, don't say four more months and then there's a green light. The harvest is ripe now. Jesus said that my time has not yet come, but your time is here all the time. You have a green light all the time to preach the gospel. You have a green light to pray for people. You have a green light to live a Christian life. You have a green light to pray, to forgive, to love, to sacrifice, to serve. We always have a green light in front of us. We don't need to wait for a green light. I believe that Jesus is the green light. Amen? John 5, 8, 19, I'm just going to read again just so we can get some perspective tonight. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled off his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. My gosh. You know you're in a bad place when you can't rejoice if someone gets off their mat, gets miraculously healed. Oh, wrong day. Unfortunately for you, wrong day. You should have got healed yesterday. Today's not a good day for this. <laughs> you can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord does not allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. And the man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus. Did I tell you guys about harass time? My new, our new parenting thing? Does anyone want a parenting tip tonight? No one wants it, okay. Hassle time, sorry, it's called hassle time, not harassing time. 
Hassle time. Hassle time. So if your kids are, are, are hassling you, you say to them, I'm feeling hassled. And the clock starts from that moment. Now, if they continue to hassle you for the next 20 minutes, they have to make up. What? Or each other. They have to make up that hassle time later on through jobs and chores. This is amazing. It'll change your life. Amazing. Now my kids run around and they say to each other, I'm feeling hassled. I'm feeling hassled. They haven't used it on us yet, so that's, that's fine. It's all, it's all good. So that's not in the Bible. That's just my opinion. So you don't have to take that, but it does work. Um, it does work, hey? It's working? Yeah, it's working. Okay. Uh, the man went to the Jewish leaders that Jesus had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. Wow. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. It's amazing. We've got a, we've got a green light right here. Jesus is saying, my father is always working, therefore I have a green light. The Sabbath is a red light. Don't do anything on this day. Yet the Father, who created the Sabbath, is working on the Sabbath, and Jesus only does what he sees the Father do, so he has a green light. Amazing. Imagine if we could have that perspective. My Father is always working, and so am I. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I've got a green light. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him, for he had not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, therefore making himself equal with God. That's another whole message. Amazing that we can be called the, the children of God. Amazing. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, that the son, of, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Amen. I'm going to go to Acts 6. I'm reading a lot of Scripture. I got inspired this morning. And uh, Acts 6, Passion Translation. Whew, did someone just snigger? Did someone just laugh there? I'll go to the ESV, don't you worry. I'll, I'll go there. Acts 6, Acts 6, verse 1. During those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly, but a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews who felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. If you want to take this into today's context, people were complaining about the type of milk or whether it's gluten-free or not, vegan, you, you name it, just complaints going around all over the place. The, t- the 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, it is not advantage for us to be pulled away from the word of God to wait on tables. We want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men, make sure they are honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. Just a big shout out to the ops team that this is a crucial ministry of serving. Amen. If it's good enough to, to, to choose seven godly people full of the Holy Spirit to perform it, I don't think that it's any less of a ministry than me speaking on the microphone right now. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving that, we, that will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and preaching the Word of God. Everyone in the church loved this idea. So they chose seven men. That's the first miracle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just threw me. One of them was Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Along with him, they chose Philip, uh, Nicanor, Timor, Paramus, and Nicholas and from Antinoch, who were converted to Judaism. All seven stood before the apostles who laid their hands on them and prayed for them, commissioning them to this ministry. God's word reigned supreme and kept spreading. The number of Jesus' followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. How many just looking forward to those days? 
Even a great number of Jewish priests became believers and were obedient to the faith. Stephen, who was full of, a man full of grace and supernatural power, performed many astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles among the people. This upset, upset some men belonging to a sect who called themselves the Men Set Free. They were Lib- Libyans, Egyptians, and Turks. They all confronted Stephen to argue with him, but the Holy Spirit gave Stephen remarkable wisdom to answer them. His words were promoted. Prompted, prompted by the Holy Spirit, and they could not refute what he said. So the men set free conspired in secret to find those who would bring false accusations against Stephen and lie about him, saying, We heard this man speak blasphemy against Moses and God. The men set free agitated the crowd, the elders, and the religious scholars, then seized Stephen and forcefully took him before the Supreme Council. One after another, false witnesses stepped forward and accused Stephen, saying, This man never stops denigrating our temple. And, our, and thank you, Mel. That would be better, wouldn't it? And our Jewish law, for we have heard him teach that Jesus of Nazareth would destroy the temple and change the traditions and customs that Moses has handed down to us. Every member of the Supreme Council focused his gaze on Stephen right in front of their eyes while being falsely accused. His face glowed as though he had the face of an angel. Amazing, right? You think, what has this got to do with the green light? Stephen didn't wait to be more than a waiter. Stephen was actually commissioned to wait on tables. The apostle says, hey, we don't want to be distracted from prayer and the word. We want to put someone else in this place who's going to sort this issue. Well, what I love about Stephen is that Stephen didn't wait until he was more than a waiter to perform signs, wonders, and miracles and give a testimony about who Jesus is. A lot of us in life are waiting until we become more than a waiter before we can step in and have a green light to what God has called us to do. Am I preaching to anyone tonight? Stephen didn't wait until he was more than his position to start living in the green, living in the green light that God had given him. Now, this man actually ended up being stoned, saw Jesus, and actually said the same words that Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, I just wanted to bring this into today's times. This is someone who is in the operations team that is running coffee and barista and making sure that everyone is fed. This same man that was in that pos- this position was not waiting for a green light of position or influence before he stepped into his God-given call. A lot of us are waiting to be more than a waiter. We are living with a default of a red light, waiting for man to give us the opportunity or man to give us the promotion that we can actually get a green light and start living out what God has for us. Amen. I want to tell you tonight that you are living with a default green light. Stephen preached the gospel. Stephen was a man full of the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us, regardless of our position or platform or influence, have the same Holy Spirit. The only difference is that some of us believe we have it. And have just accepted the fact, I'm called to live a life of supernatural. I'm called to live a life of impact and influence. Regardless of whether I am a cleaner, regardless of I am a pastor, regardless of I'm a plumber, regardless of I'm a builder, regardless of I'm a daycare teacher, I have a green light. I have a green light to preach the gospel. I have a green light to pray for the sick. I have a green light to live a Christian life. I have a green light to lead my home. I have a green light to love and forgive and... Oh. Live by the commandments of God. Amen? Come on. 
You can also see this in the, in, the, in the life of Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul had a green light to go and preach the gospel. Now there came a place where Paul decided, I'm going to go and preach in Asia, but the Holy Spirit gave him a red light. He says, I don't want you going there, but then he gets a, then he gets a vision that I need to go to Macedonia to preach the gospel. Now, I believe that this is the default setting that we are meant to live in. Paul was not sitting around waiting for a green light to go and preach. He was preaching the gospel. We live in green until, until Holy Spirit gives us a red. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to be honest tonight. I, I don't believe that Christians need a break on their Christian life. By break, I mean handbrake. We don't need any more red lights. We need to start living that we have a green light and be sensitive to when the Holy Spirit is directing us in another direction. Come on. We have been given a green light by Jesus. He is the great qualifier. Jesus is God's green light towards us. Come on. We, we have been called. We have been commissioned. We have been anointed. We have, we have, we've got green lights. Like if you can picture a street right now with intersection, it's all green. It's all green, but a lot of us are sitting, believing that it's red, waiting for the light to turn green. I believe that the Christian life is a life that is, lit, that is lived in a default setting. It is all go. Until I hear otherwise, it is all go. Until Jesus tells me to stop praying for people, I'm praying for people. Unless Jesus himself tells me not to preach the gospel, which he would never do, I will continue to preach the gospel. I have a green light to preach the gospel. Unless Jesus came to me and says, hey, don't forgive that person, which he would never do, I have a green light to forgive people. A lot of us are sitting around waiting for God to give us a green light when we already have a green and we are living in the default setting of a red light. Whew. Amen. I'll preach myself happy tonight. <laughs> You can see this also, uh, I'm going to share an Old Testament uh, scripture because we've got old and new and it's just all in there. It's just, it's just kingdom. 1 Samuel 14. Uh, this is Jonathan and his I love, I love this story. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. I love this. This is green light right here. Hey, it may be that God will work for us. <laughs> Have we got anyone in the place tonight that would go with a Maybe. Do you know how many amazing things have happened in the Bible without full clarity? Yeah, maybe I'll go here and preach. Maybe I'll lay hands on that person. Maybe I'll run at a giant and I'll actually kill it. There is, there is so many, so many stories in the Bible where people have gone, gone off, maybe God. Maybe God. And do, do you know what that's revealing? That is re revealing a, a default setting of God is for me. God is with me, and this is what I believe that God wants to do. This is the green light that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about green lights to run off and do whatever you want to do. I'm talking about a green light that God is with me, God is for me. If God is for me, who be against me? So my default setting is I'll go. Amen? Come, let us go to the garrison. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Let's go to Wakatabu, and maybe the Lord will work with us. Maybe I'll stand up in my staff room and just say, hey, you want to come to an Easter event? Maybe God, <laughs> maybe God might work with me. Oh, but God hasn't told me to do that. Oh, really? The light screen, maybe he has. 
Always waiting for that green light, right? For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And as armor bearer said, this is why you need a good friend. You need, you need someone who's going to ride with you. I thank God for my wife, who has always been this person. She's always had a heart to be like, if this is what God's saying, we're in. Let's get it done. Every person needs someone like that. And if you don't, you got Jesus. Just throwing that out for all the singles tonight. Rusty, everyone's going, oh, I need a husband, I need a wife. No, no, you got Jesus. But I've got a wife, so. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I feel really naughty tonight. Do all that is in your heart, do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, Behold, we will cross over to the men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and we will not go up to them. This is amazing. But if they say, Come up to us, then we will go, for the Lord has given them into our hand, and this shall be a sign to us. I don't know if you realize the strategic nature of what just happened right here. He's saying, Hey, if, if they say, Come up to us, that it's two guys coming up to a garrison. Anyone seen the movie? Anyone seen Star Wars? When Anakin and Obi, is it Obi? And one's got the high ground? He's like, I've got the high ground. Anakin's like, idiot. Then he's like a roasted marshmallow. <laughs> Sorry. What I'm saying, strategically, this doesn't make sense. Strategi- he, he's, he's, ma- he's actually setting it up that they're gonna, he, he wants them to say what, what he wants them to say so he can go up. Because they would say, if you're in a garrison and there's two men there, you're not going to come out of your garrison to go fight two men down there. You're going to ask them to come up. So he's setting this whole thing up. He, he's not looking for a red light. He's looking for green. Always looking for green, right? Come up to us and then we'll go up and the Lord has given them into a hand. And this shall be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And Philistines said, look, Hebrews are coming out of the holes. They have been hiding themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you a thing. Oh, if only you could have a bit of hindsight, eh? And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and his feet and his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed them, and his armor bearer killed them after him. And that first strike which Jonathan and his armor bearer made killed about twenty men within as as it were a half a furrow, furrow's length on an acre of land. And there was a panic in the camp and in the field and among all the people. The garrison and even the raiders of the uh, temple trembled and the earthquake and it became a very great panic. And the watchmen of Saul of Gibeon and Benjamin looked and behold, the multitude was dispersing here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, count and see who has gone from us. And when they had, and when they had counted, behold, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. So Saul said to ah, ooh, Ahajai, Bring the ark of God here, for the ark of God went out at the time of the people of Israel. Now when Saul was talking to the priest, the tumult in the camp of the Philistines increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. This is amazing. God's actually working on the behalf of, of Jonathan, who was not waiting in camp, but has actually gone towards the enemy because he believes that God will deliver Israel. And, and, and Saul was sitting back trying to inquire of the Lord whether or not he should go up. God's already moving. God's already, already working, and he's inquiring, hey, should I get, should I get on board with this? <laughs> like, is this what, God, are you, are you moving right now? And then Saul said to all the people that, uh, who were with him rallied and went into battle. And behold, every Philistine's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great confusion. Now the Hebrews who had been with the Philistines before that time, who had gone 
had gone up with them into the camp, even they also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, when all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they too followed hard after them in battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed beyond Beth-Avon. How amazing is that? While Saul is waiting, Jonathan is slain. While Saul is waiting, Jonathan is slain. It's amazing that one person to make a decision that they have a green light from God actually brings out every other person out of their cave and out of hiding. I believe that God's calling a generation to be catalysts in this area. I believe that God is, God's eyes are searching back and forth, showing who, who himself he can show himself strong in. He's looking for people who say, you know what, I have a green light from God. I have a green light from God. A lot of us are still waiting to be more than a waiter. A lot of us are still waiting for this magical moment to happen where we believe that we have the release to do what God has called us to do. I want to be very bold tonight and tell you that you have a default setting of a green light. You have a default setting of a green light, not a default setting of a red light. Amen? I think, um, little side note, I think that we've put too much, too much hope in Christian celebrities. I feel like a lot of us have a red light because we think when I get to a position of influence, that's a green light for me to share the gospel. If I could just have some more followers, if people would just like my messages, if I just had a bit more sway at work, if maybe if I was the boss and not the apprentice, you know, maybe if I was in that position, then I would have a green light. I believe that we put too much hope in Christian celebrities, I, I believe we put too much hope in our status and our influence, and we have neglected the hope of every single everyday believer actually believing that they have a green light to preach the gospel, to live this Christian life. I, I, I believe that's what revival looks like to me. It doesn't look like a man on a stage, a woman on a stage. It doesn't look like a Christian celebrity like Justin Bieber throwing out a scripture every now and then, and I'm not saying anything against Justin. What, what I'm saying is we have put all our hopes in people in that position thinking, you have a green light, and if I was in your position, I would do this, and I would say this, but yet we're in our position, and we're living with a red light, saying nothing, doing nothing, just waiting for God to give us the opportunity where we can actually start doing and being who we're called to be. But if we would take a moment tonight to realize that we already have a green light because of Jesus, I believe that we could change the world. I believe that Queenstown could be changed. I believe that the nation could be saved by everyday believers living every day thinking, I have a green light. I have a green light. There is nothing hindering me or stopping me being a Christian right now. I don't need more influence. I don't need more followers. I don't need a better job. I, I've got Jesus. I have the green light to live this life wholeheartedly for him. Jesus actually gave every single one of us a green light when he said, go into all the world. And he said that these signs will, sh will follow those who believe. He, he made it very, very broad <laughs> for a reason. This is why I love the scriptures who say whosoever, because that's a green light for everyone. That's a green light for everyone. That's like for all you pastors, go into the world. No, no, no. 
Go into the world. Preach the gospel. Freely you have received. Freely give. It's just, it's all green lights. It's all green lights, amen? You have a green light to preach. You have a green light to preach. Don't wait for, don't wait for a Sunday night. Don't wait for someone to ring you and say, hey, I want you to preach this Sunday. You have a pulpit of your own. <laughs> you have a Facebook page. I know you like to preach about other stuff. I've seen it. <laughs> the amount of, oh, I won't go there. The amount of passion I see on certain subjects, I'm thinking, man, if you could, if you could direct that passion the way of Jesus, that would be amazing. But I get it. I know we've all got things that we're passionate about. But Jesus should be, Jesus should be the most passionate thing that we're about. Jesus is the greatest cause on the planet. You have a green light to sh- preach to your family. You have a green light to preach to your mother. You have a green light to preach to your kids. You have a green light to preach to your friends. You have a green light to preach in your karate class. You have a green light to preach to your personal trainer. Come on. You got a green light to preach to your client. You always have a green light to preach the gospel. You do not need to say, Jesus, should I share you? I'm just waiting. We're always waiting. We have a green light. I believe that we always have a green light until Jesus says, hey, not yet. Unless you've heard that, you have a default setting. The light is green. Is this helping anyone tonight? You have a green light to live wholeheartedly for Him. No one's in charge of that but you. You have a green light to give yourself to Him in the secret place. It's not going to be when you get the promotion and you don't have to be at work so much. You have a green light right now to spend time with Jesus. You have a green light to live by the Word of God. Don't be deceived that someday that this is all magically just going to happen. It it takes a decision. As I preached last Sunday night, brick by brick, you just start laying. Every cathedral started with a brick. It's about these daily disciplines and good decisions that actually create a life of significance because people understand, I have a green light to be a loving husband. I, I have a green light to be a good father. I, I have a green light to be, to be a good employee or employer. I don't need a word from God to do that. I need a red one to stop. <laughs> Trouble is, I've never got one. You have a green light to forgive. These are just, these are just normal biblical principles. You don't need a word from the Lord. You don't need the Holy Spirit to come to you and say, hey, you really need to forgive this person. You you should know if you read your word that he forgave us so we forgive others. That's just, that's just, that's normal. That's a green light. You have a green light to live Christ-like. You have a green light to extend the kingdom. Yeah? You have a green light to heal the sick. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. Oh, I'm not sure if I've got that green one yet. It's the same God who does all of them. Come on. Jesus is the green light. He is the great qualifier. Jesus said, go, not stop. 
I know this is very basic tonight. <laughs> Jesus said, go, not stop. Okay. Two questions I want to ask, finish on tonight. I want you to, I'm giving out homework now. Is that coming up, Todd? What green light do you have right now? And what's green that you're treating like red? Individual questions for every single one of us. I know we're all in different parts of our journey. We're all in different uh, areas, stages of life. I know, I know we're all individual, but I believe that God is bigger than that. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to us what is the green light that you have right now and what's green that you're treating like red. What's that, what's that area in your life that you think it's red and you're waiting to be more than a waiter, but God is saying, I've already given you a green light to go. I've already given you a green light to be active in that. I've already put that dream, I've already put that vision in your heart. What is the red light that's over it right now? Because really, God is saying, I gave you a green one. I know this is really simple. <laughs> But I don't believe that the church, I don't believe church is in danger of going too far. I believe the church is in danger of not going at all. That's the heart of what I'm trying to get to tonight. I don't believe that we are in danger of going too far. I believe that we're in the danger of not going at all. I know every single person in this room wants to be faithful. I know every single person in this room wants to eat the bread to do what God has called you to do, to live life on purpose, not on accident, to be intentional about life. You know, my dad always told me, this is, my, depends how old you are in the room. This is before power steering. But it's a lot easier to, stir, to steer my old HQ Holden, 1973 Canary Yellow, when it's moving, then when it's stationary. Without power steering, I don't know if I'm probably missed half the room. But before power steering, guys, you just had to use your muscles. That's why men were men back in those days. And <laughs> I'm joking. That's terrible. Um, but it was so much easier to move it when it was moving, to, to have it stationary and try and wrench this thing around was a mission. I believe God's called us to live that way. I believe he's called us to be on the move and he directs us as we go. We go with a green light and if we are heading off a direction, I trust God's ability to give me a red light before it ends up in disaster. I guarantee you that if you live with a green light of wanting to, wanting to follow and be obedient to Jesus, that he has enough ability, wisdom and grace to give you a red light if you're moving too fast or moving in the wrong direction. The goal is movement. The goal is movement. We don't take ground by being stationary. We don't take ground by being timid. We take ground by stepping out. We walk by faith. We don't stay by faith. <laughs> we walk by faith. We don't stay by faith. We walk by faith. We're running a race marked out for us. There is movement. We're meant to be going from one place 
to another. And you can't do that if you believe the light is red. So you have permission tonight to move on with your life. I thought I would have got an amen for that. (laughs) You have permission tonight to move on with your life. You have permission to pursue what you believe that God has placed in you. You have permission to preach the gospel. You have permission to live Christ-like. You have permission to serve. You have permission to love. You have permission to forgive. There are so many green lights and very few red. But I believe that God has called us to live a life of movement. A life of maybe the Lord. I heard an interesting take on, I need to finish. It's only 7.30, we've got ages. Do you know I got some feedback today that I stopped talking and then I start up again? It was Kelly, but then Paul started laughing as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I was like, okay, let's, let's, everyone, let's just be honest. And <laughs> I heard an interesting take of uh, Gideon and the fleeces. It's actually a story of radical unbelief. It's not a story of faith. It's a story of unbelief. It is a man that has been given a green light, yet thinks it's red, and has to be convinced three times that it's green. You don't need a fleece. (laughs) You don't need a fleece. Fleeces are not faith. Fleeces are unbelief. You have a green light from Jesus to go after what he's placed in you. Amen? Amen. God, I thank you for, I don't know, you. <laughs> Look at all these green lights just banging out right now. <laughs> Paul, see the lights are green? Have you noticed that? The intentionality of this church is incredible. I wonder if you're here tonight. I can tell you a really amazing green light. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Every day is a green light to get saved. Every single moment of every day because of what Jesus has done on the cross over 2,000 years ago, is a green light to come to the Father through the only one who can get you there, and His name is Jesus. Jesus is the green light to relationship, redemption, forgiveness, holiness, righteousness. Jesus is all of that. Jesus is God's green light to you. For God so loved the world, that he gave his son, that whosoever would believe in him should have eternal life, will have eternal life. Amen? I wonder if there's anyone in this room tonight, you don't know Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you if you attend a church. I'm not asking you if you were raised in church. I'm not asking if you attend services. I'm asking you, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have peace in your heart 
that your sins are forgiven, that you've been washed clean, made new, made whole. And to be honest, I don't want to, I don't want to um, put anything on anybody, but in all honesty, you know if you're saved. <laughs> you do know. There's something that happens. There's, there's, a, there's a person named Jesus who comes and lives in you. The Bible says he's the Prince of Peace. You can actually be in a place where I know, I know because of Jesus, I have peace with God. It's not, I prayed a prayer once. It's not, I went to Sunday school. I know that I've given my life to Jesus, that he has forgiven me of all my sin and my shame. And I know that I am in right standing, that I can stand before God right now without fear of judgment because Jesus has paid a price to set me free, to wash away every sin. The Bible says that our sins are as far as the east is from the west. They never meet. The Bible says when we give our life to Jesus that every record, every everything that stands against us, Jesus wipes it out completely, never to come back again. He doesn't just cover it, scribble it out. It is wiped away. That, my friend, is the good news of the gospel. His name is Jesus. You're not joining a faith. You're coming to a relationship with a real God who loves you, cares for you, cared so much that when we were at our worst, He sent His best. And His best is Jesus. If you're in this place tonight, you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand and say, yeah, you know what, Corey, that's me. I don't know Jesus, but I want to know Him. I don't know Him. I don't have peace in my heart. I've never come into a relationship with Jesus, but tonight is the night. I have a green light tonight. You have a green light in this opportunity to say today is the day that I give my life to Jesus.